Today's episode, we discuss how to know who is worthy of our love, how to create better relationships, the balance between feminine and masculine energy, the importance of self-work in relationships, and how to heal past trauma. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today, and I want to ask if you'd please hop on to either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice and leave us a view. Let others know what you like about the show. It really helps us to spread the word. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy the show. Today's show is brought to you by IcePod, finally an affordable, portable, and effective way to get the benefits of cold water immersion in the comfort of your own home. I opted for the Pro Bundle, which includes the IcePod, a water circulating pump, a special insulated lid, and a thermometer to check the temp of your water. Even in Georgia, the IcePod keeps my water between 60 and 70 degrees, and when I load it up with the 36-pack of water bottles that I use and refreeze after each session, I can easily get it around 50 degrees for the perfect cold water immersion experience. Despite being light and portable, the IcePod is super durable, and it's the perfect solution for anyone who wants to experience the benefits of cold water immersion without spending thousands of dollars for a home water chiller or trying to DIY your own. Cold immersion can help with recovery and muscle soreness, raise dopamine levels, help you wake up and be more alert, help you to burn more calories, mobilize brown fat, and more. Visit podcompany.com and use my special promo code SHANE50107 for $10 off your order, and each sale helps to support the show as well. Stay cool out there, people. Are you looking for the perfect high-protein snack that isn't loaded with stuff like MSG, nitrates, and sugar? Carnivore Snacks is the perfect high-protein snack made from quality grass-fed beef and salt. That's it. Each bag uses one pound of high-quality beef, lamb, pork, or chicken, salt, and nothing else. Aside from being easy, healthy, and convenient, they also taste great. These snacks are not just another jerky. They are way better. Give a bag a try, and I know you'll keep coming back. Check out Carnivore Snacks, spelled with an X, dot com, and enter coupon code SHANE05137 for 15% off your order, and each sale will help support the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast as well. Welcome to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast, where ancient and modern wisdom come together to create a better way of living. I'm your host, Shane Sorensen, and each week we speak with successful people from a plethora of disciplines in search of wisdom from their own lives. Your own personal renaissance begins today. Let wisdom be your guide. Everybody. Welcome to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast. I'm here with today's guest, Carrie Na. Welcome to the show. Hi, Shane. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, I'm a little cold. Took my cold bath this morning, and I'm really struggling to warm up. So that's that's why you see me with a hoodie on. I'm, I was afraid if I went with like the t-shirt or something, I'd be shivering throughout the show. So I'm still still warming up. It's it's been pretty chilly lately overall, hasn't it? Pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it's been a cold winter. Uh, I'm I'm actually out in Atlanta, and like the last five or six years, I remember even in like January or February, there were a couple days where I could like lay out and grab some sun or wear shorts throughout the winter. But this winter, 
I just feel like we haven't had I those know, days. I know, yeah, all. we really haven't. I I remember the same thing. I think this is like the longest cold front that we've had in a lot of years. So I guess maybe we should embrace it <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Buy, buy some heavy coats. Yes, yeah. All right, so want to start out, um, why don't you just introduce yourself, um, you know, tell the listeners, tell us a little bit about um, yourself and your background. Yeah, so I have been working with women for over 10 years. Um, I actually did hair for 17 years and had two hair salons. So I have kind of a history of working with women behind the chair, so to speak, um, I started counseling in the church about almost 10 years ago. And so I think doing hair for so long and listening to so many of the, the issues and the struggles that women had, including my own, really persuaded me to want to help women on a deeper level. And as my journey grew in my relationship and my walk with the Lord, that was also very encouraging to me that um, I should really be doing it from, from a biblical, spiritual space. Because mm -hmm. just in my own life, I saw what that had done for me and going through my own counseling and my own therapy. And so that was something that God really moved me towards out of, from, from doing hair into counseling and coaching women. So I'm a single mom of three boys and I was pretty much born and raised in Southern California, um, which is a very, liberal state as we know. And mm -hmm. so being in California, I think I was really driven from a young age to uh, be ambitious and provide something for myself um, ind independently, you know, which I think is a, a great thing to do, but it was more from the standpoint of like, don't depend on a man. Um, you need to go make something for yourself, be career driven, like that very independent, you know, female mentality that we see a lot of today. And so mm -hmm. there were some, some, I would say benefits to that, but then there were also a lot of lies and things that I, that I clung to, that I really didn't know anything different that led me down a path of a lot of struggle, um, and a lot of things that hindered me from like moving into what I think God would have rather had me do as far as his original design and plans and purposes for my life. And so I think that knowing that 
he works all things together for our good, that he has done exactly that in my life and used that to help me help other women that have dealt with those same struggles in their life as well and mm -hmm. led me to what I'm doing today. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's a there's a lot of things you touched on. Um, I, I was I, I'm in the gym business as as far as my day job, and I did personal training for a while, um, kind of working my way up through the ranks. And it, it's interesting when you have a service job like that. So much of the job became counseling. Like I felt I had probably fifty percent of my clients didn't even really come to work out. They just came because they they needed someone to talk to. Um, and I think that that's really important, you know, that what you're doing for people, because people do need an outlet and not everybody wants to go to, uh, a therapist necessarily, right? Not everybody wants to go and be prescribed prescription drugs or, um, you know, maybe they have some kind of stigma against that or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people deal best just with someone that they know and they, you know, have kind of developed trust in. Um, even just in a service industry like that too. So I think it's really cool that you identified that. And I like where you talk about coming to realize eventually maybe that the path that you were on, even though it wasn't maybe what you would have preferred to be on, that it you kind of embraced and accepted that that was all part of the journey to get you where you are today. Um, that's something I talk a lot about in in my book and I try to keep it open um you know I don't really talk about like my personal beliefs that much just because it's it's an evolving thing it's changing um but I do think it's really important for even someone that you know would identify as like an atheist or someone that is an agnostic I do think that faith is really really important for human beings because it's like it's the unifying thing that helps us get through and make meaning and sense out of what we've gone through. Uh, if you look out into the world and you just see everything that happened is like chaotic and harmful and traumatic and terrible, and you can't extract any meaning out of that, it's very difficult to to thrive in life in, at all in any sense. Um, so I, I do really like that you, you know, you, you wrap it up together in that idea of faith and just kind of knowing that the person that you are today is a product of those past experiences. Um, so I was curious a little bit, I, I did dig around, I went through some of your videos and things like that. Um, tell us a little bit more about Promise Coaching and, and what specifically you do. I know you said you work uh, primarily with women, I think. Yes, I do work primarily with women. And that's basically what you just touched on as far as purpose and just having a faith base. That's what I do in my coaching. I do biblical mm -hmm. counseling and coaching with women one-on-one. -on -one. And I do also group coaching as well. And some women, they just feel, as I'm sure you've noticed with some of the people that you work with, um, sometimes people just feel more comfortable being in a group setting and, and sharing mm -hmm in a group setting and having like a sense of community versus one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes people aren't quite ready for that or 
they just prefer it. So I offer both. I, I offer both one-on-one -on -one counseling and coaching as well as group coaching. I don't do group counseling sessions, but I do group coaching for women. And I've seen a lot of benefit from that in the women that I work with, for the women that I work with. And when I first developed my business, I had focused it around helping women discover their true identity and purpose in Christ. Because again, like you said, I think purpose is huge. And if we don't have a sense of purpose and direction in our lives and where we're heading, then we end up kind of lost and just floating around and not really sure what we're doing. And then we, like you said, end up living chaotic lives and without really knowing what we're doing, where we're, where we're headed. Um, and that can lead to all kinds of problems, including mental health issues, physical health issues, and just poor decision-making. So I still do focus a lot around helping women. I mean, that's, that's the basis of what I do is helping women discover their true identity and purpose in Christ. And then I, I expand on that a lot in working with women on past traumas and helping them to recover and come into uh, a very significant healing journey where, where they can truly heal because, and healing is something that takes so much time. I mean, it's, I, I believe it's a lifelong journey healing is and mm -hmm. from all that we go through in life. There's a, a constant grieving that we do. I think grief isn't talked about enough. There's a constant grieving that we do throughout life and, and grieving whatever past losses that we've been through, whatever that might look like for an individual and continued loss that we experience throughout our lives. And so we're constantly in this progressive healing process. And so I help women to identify what those areas are in their lives and move through that as well. Okay. Yeah, I um there there's something I think a lot about. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Eckhart Tolle or not. He wrote uh The Power of Now. There was something when I read his book for the first time that really struck me the first time that I read it and it was where he talked about the pain body. Mm -hmm. How we have these traumas and the have these things that we suffer and a lot of times subconsciously or unconsciously we hold on to them and they become part of our, our identity and over a time we come to actually identify ourselves with those traumas and with that pain and it becomes integrated into something physical which you know which is he's talking about the pain body that you carry around with him and i think that that's so important in any journey of like self-improvement or finding purpose or anything is you you do have to identify those blocks and those traumas and those things that you have maybe integrated into your personality and 
your character and you have to be able to, like you said, heal. And I, I do think that's a, a lifelong process. Um, you know, I had, I have some relationship issues with my dad, nothing, nothing like too terrible. I mean, there, there are things that people go through that are far, far worse. However, I did, you know, grow up with a strained relationship with my dad and, um, you know, every so many years, I think I have it like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I've, I've processed this. I've gotten through it and something comes up and I kind of realize, like, ah, I don't know. Like, I, I think I am still holding on to this piece or yeah. I'll notice an interaction in one of my relationships. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like maybe something's repeating. So, um, I, I agree with you. I think it's a, a, it is a lifelong process. It, even though there are times where things seem healed sometimes those like old wounds kind of open back up in ways that we didn't anticipate too so i think you know being able to navigate that is very important absolutely so <clears throat> i wanted to move into you know some of your work i noticed um that you talk a lot about you know narcissism and narcissistic tendencies um I wanted to ask, like, why do you feel that message is so important for women? And also, you know, do you just think that self-centeredness or self-centered thinking, is it a disease of like relationships just in our modern age? Or do you, do you think it's something more? So I gave you kind of a couple questions there, but. Yeah. So nar <laughs> uh, narcissism is something that I have quite a bit experience with. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up around it and so therefore having had it in my very interpersonal life and in my immediate family, um, it's something that of course I was familiar with and attracted continuously throughout my life. And so I had no idea what that was. I remember in my first marriage, I had never even really uh, understood what the word abuse really meant. And mm -hmm. it took an outside person to look into my life and, and just approach me one day. And she said, do you, do you understand that your husband is abusing you? And when I thought of the word abuse, I thought that's somebody who gets beat, you know, by their husband every day or like by, by someone, you know, um, I'm thinking like physical and even though there was a little bit of that, I still never had viewed it as abusive. And so that for the very first time in my life at 22 years old that was addressed for the very first time and mm -hmm. it was still kind of a taboo thing you know that you just don't talk about you just don't open up about and you just internalize it and that that's not something that I mean unless you're being beaten like, how, how dare you think that something that terrible is happening to you? Because there's so many people that are really being abused. You know, that was the mm -hmm. mindset that I had at that time. 
So I, I kind of had this very tough exterior in just not wanting to really come to terms with that and, and see it for what it really was. So as I continued attracting those types of relationships in my life following my divorce, I, for the, for the first time started realizing like there's something here, like there's a pattern, right? And I think mm -hmm. that that is important to bring awareness to with narcissism in general, because when you've dealt with that anywhere in your life, you, you're going to see that there is a pattern of behavior in what these narcissists do. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we're looking for when it comes to, to narcissism in general. Like we, I really don't want to overuse that word or overgeneralize it because it mm -hmm. really is a sickness. And I believe a, at a core level, a spiritual illness too. And when, when we're, when we're talking about that and dealing with that, we need to really address it for what it is. So when we're referring to a true narcissist, that's someone who has an extreme pathology of selfishness, of entitlement of like my like the rules don't apply to me i have my own set of rules and this is the way it's going to be and that it's this extreme manipulation and mm -hmm. long-term desire to manipulate and deceive people and so in a lot of cases, these types of individuals, which we see a lot of today, they are pretty aware of what they're doing. And I don't think that they truly understand why they're doing it because they have such a low level of self awareness and um, ability to reflect right on what they're doing and, and how and feel the impact of that. Like they, that's why one of the signs is that they majorly lack empathy or remorse, mm -hmm. true remorse, because they just don't, um, I don't even want to give them as much credit as to say that they don't have the ability <laughs> to do that, mm -hmm. but they truly just don't have the willingness. They're not willing to, they don't want to because the way that they are has worked out really well for them throughout their lives. So if that's worked out for them and they've been able to control and manipulate and deceive people, then why would they do anything different? <laughs> and there's been little to no consequence, right. you know, well then why would they, why would they want to change their behavior? So that that's something that um, I think is is really important to just identify in itself what what true narcissism is. But then also to expand on that, 
our culture and our society today is really promoting that by this self-centeredness and instant <clears throat> gratification and you know the world that we live in today and and people being treated as expendable right so absolutely that can be problematic in relationships to a very high degree sure you know i think i think there's an element of that too um is it something that i recently went through is you know i kind of realized that like I was bought into a lot of, you know, and I hate the, I hate the buzzword, but like some, some ideas or some pieces of like toxic masculinity. Right. Um, I've done a lot of self-reflection over the years. I mean, I'm 33. I still have tons to learn, but like, trust me, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near complete, but um, you know, I, I realized, you know, year and a half ago, as I was ending my last relationship, that I kind of do this cycle in my relationships. And I don't know, it's like, it's like the three and a half, four year itch. I get into these relationships and, you know, there've been steps of me and my, my journey and learning about myself. When I was younger, I used to be really like possessive and jealous. Um, and a lot of that stemmed from insecurity that I had, um, and I read a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And I don't know if you've ever read it, uh, but it is an incredible book. It's written for men, but it talks about this syndrome. He calls it nice guy syndrome. And it's where you you kind of like love bomb women and you give them everything you, that you know they, they want and you do all this stuff. And you're, you're not doing it out of a place of genuine love or of care, you're doing it out of a place of expectation, right? And it's, there's a lot of people that do this and they're like, oh, well, I'm the nice guy. You know, I do this, like I would never say something mean, but then you do all these things. And then when you get a reaction from the woman that is different than what you expected, you kind of like become cold and withdrawn and you, you like withhold everything. And that is, like you said, it's a form of manipulation. And I think so much of it is, as you mentioned, it's, like it's being self-aware and I'll say, you know, coming from the man's side, sometimes it's difficult because I think there's such a stigma where like men are not supposed to be emotional, you know, oh, like, and there, there's a lot of toxic beliefs that exist among men. Like, for example, you know, something that I had to really come to terms with, and this is like, you know, getting pretty personal, but, you know, we're talking about past and relationships, but, yeah. um, I was really bought into that idea of like, well, it's okay. Men can love a woman and cheat, you know, and like realizing, <laughs> realizing that that is wrong for so many reasons was like a, a big shift for me because I just, I hear that repeated so often among men, like, well, you know, we can, we can love our woman. We can love our wife. We can, you know, do whatever and we can go cheat and we can just go home. And it's just like, it's just the thing, you know, it's just, it's okay. Like we have that mindset. And one of the things that I realized was like, even if you can go home and you can still love someone and look them in the eye and you're, and it really messed me up emotionally too. You become very compartmentalized because you have to like tune what you did out of your mind. Yeah. Um, it really, it robs you because I'm a romantic guy. Like I like connection. I, I love 
having that connection with someone and it, it robs you of that because it's never the same after that. It's just, it's never the same. So like it, it doesn't only hurt the other person and, but it damages the thing that you care about. It damages the relationship. And, you know, I think, I think maybe that's a huge part of, you know, at least from the man's side, like why it's so difficult maybe to find a good man out there, you know, is that there, there's a lot of like toxic ideas that are bred within men that get, that get passed on. But there's also kind of this emphasis on like not being self-reflective and, um, you know, there are times I'm a, I try to be empathetic, right? I try to be pretty emotionally aware, but I look back on some of the things that I've done in my past and I'm like, it's hard to believe that I was in that mindset to do those things. And of course, like I'm, you know, I learned from it, I'm moving forward, but, um, I think that, you know, that's one of those difficulties of men is just that we we're kind of taught to compartmentalize We're we're taught like, you know, you get your knee scratched when you're a little kid and you know, your dad's like, don't be a pussy. Yeah. You, know, like, you just need to, you need to get back in the game. And it's like that idea of like, your emotions are a bad thing and run from them. I think that leads to so much of that narcissism or those narcissistic, narcissistic uh, tendencies that you talk about. Yeah. I, I like that you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. That's very, um, That's very true. Everything that you just said, I mean, because that, the, the suppressing, right. The, the suppressing yeah. of essentially who, what you, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, all of that starts to cloud your identity really. And, and your uniqueness and, how you show up in the world, right? And how you show up in relationships. So if if that's always being stuffed down and and not able to to manifest itself in in a healthy authentic way, well then that does condition you to show up in all of these false ways and and not really living true to, to who you are and, and, and being able to, I mean, I, like, that's just something I always say to people. If you, if you are having to lie to yourself, well, then you can't be honest with anyone and you can't show up authentically. So that's something that I really focus on in myself because there's so many ways that people can do this. It's not just in narcissism, like it's in codependency. It's in a lot of other areas where we're just not being honest with ourselves and seeing what's, or even being willing to see what's really going on underneath the surface. So that's something that I pray a lot about and I encourage other women to pray about as well because from my experience, when I've come to the Lord with that and, and said, God, please uncover every, like, turn over every stone, like, unco uncover whatever it is that I'm not seeing. He has been so faithful to do that. And 
show me within, you know, quickly. It's not something that I have to wait years, <laughs> you know, to see when I'm yeah. going to him and really inviting him in to partner with me in that. So. So I wanted to ask you too, um, you know, something I think about a lot and it's really prevalent everywhere we look is like divorce rates and seeing how, how much those have gone up and how, I mean, it, it seems pretty rare. Like, I don't know a lot of people that I know the actual quality or the health of their relationship. And I think like they're in a very healthy relationship and, you know, I'm, I'm in a really great relationship now. I just recently got engaged and, you know, Congratulations. I, I've learned, I've tried my best to learn as much as I can. Um, you know, and I found someone that, you know, she opened up her heart to me and that was very special to me. I, I've, even though I've been in a lot of relationships, you know, I haven't really, this is like the first time I felt someone that had their heart really open to me since I was like a teenager. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like, the, the love that she kind of has for me and she opens up to me is the kind of love that, you know, you experience when you're like in high school. And I don't mean like immature, but I mean like you, you actually like open. Cause I feel like when we're teenagers, we open our heart up to someone and then we get our hearts crushed. And it's like over time, we slowly put that wall up around our heart and it's harder and harder to get through. And, you know, what do you think, um, what are some of your recommendations for a healthy relationship? And also, you know, what do you think are some of the symptoms or what are the things that are going on that are causing so many bad relationships in, in our current age? Well, first of all, I love that you are experiencing that, that youthful, like, almost like innocent type love that you have with your fiance. Mm -hmm. That is so beautiful. And that's actually something I've been pondering on a lot lately because I have three teenage boys. I have twins that are about to graduate high school. Both of them have had girlfriends. One of them um, is still with his. And like, I just, and, and these have been, fairly long-term relationships for their age. My, one of my twins was with his girlfriend for a year and a half and they're still good friends and I hope they get back together, but <laughs> that's <Hopefully>. just my, <laughs> my personal selfish desire. But, um, yeah, when I, when I've seen them in their relationships, I'm watching and I'm observing what's happening and I'm remembering a lot of the same things I experienced as a teenager and in, in my young relationship because I had a high school sweetheart for about four years and we actually got back together after my first divorce and had my youngest son together. And I think that is something really important because I think when we are able to have a love like that come back into our lives and into adulthood and experience that again, I think that that is a sign that we've really truly healed something within ourselves. Because 
like you said, I think every other relationship or marriage or whatever it is, because I mean, that the world we're living in today is we have people in multiple relationships, multiple marriages, multiple divorces, you know, all of that. And so when we are speaking in terms of relationships that have shown up in our lives and how those, how we've, how we have navigated those, um, there's a, a lot of brokenness, I think, that mm-hmm. caused these dysfunctions, right? So I think once once we can truly experience a love and relationship like your you just described, I think that's when we know that there's been some significant healing that's taken place because I believe in, I, I think it's biblical that that's how it should be. It's like in the, in the scriptures of, uh, of Solomon, like how it, he's, how it, the word is saying, like, go back to your, go back to your, your, your love of your, of your youth, right? Because we forget that when we go into adulthood, we forget what that youthful, innocent love is because we've developed this hardness and this shell, like you were saying. And, and then we can't experience that authentically anymore. So I think that's beautiful and I don't know if there's really much more to be said about that. I think that when it comes to relationships, um, we just really need to do the deep healing. Like we need to do the deep work in ourselves. And I think that that's the only way truly to be able to mend relationships that we want to mend relationships, you know, or mend, um, with someone that we love, we care about, and also be able to attract healthier people and relationships in our lives. Yeah, I, I think I think you're definitely on something there too, because it, it seems to me like, and you always hear people say like the old cliche, if if you want to be lovable, you have to be able to love. Um, I think there is a big element of that in that, you know, if you're not, if you're not really in touch with yourself, if you're not able to give love to yourself, if you're not able to let go of some of those old traumas and those things you've been through or the old pain and, and truly treat someone like a new experience and like give them love and respect, it's, it's really, really difficult to really see that person properly to love that person properly um you know just as we were talking about earlier right if if i go into every relationship with the idea from the beginning that like well you know men just cheat for example as long as i have that mindset it's going to damage every single relationship that i go into if i ever want to have a healthy relationship right i have to you know i would have to let go of that mindset um 
and it's you know it's the same thing if if someone cheated on you if if you know someone abused you you know in order for you to ever open your heart to someone again and be vulnerable to the way that you know they're they're going to love you and see you and you would also love and see them you you have to be able to i guess move past that um and I, that that leads like directly into my next question which i've i've had a few people reach out to me just through my philosophy pages and um for whatever reason you know it it uh a couple of women have reached out to me and if you just kind of like said look i'm like in this relationship and i feel like the guy's not really like you know i'm really into him and i sometimes i feel like he's into me and sometimes i don't and you know, I want to have kids. I want to, I want to like start building a family and I just don't know if this is the right person. And it's, it's really hard for me to give advice, especially like I, I feel more comfortable giving advice to a man, obviously than a woman, just because it's, it's a totally different experience, right? Like, I mean, I can, I can explain to them what I think from a man's point of view or maybe what he's thinking, but it's very hard for me to put myself inside of her shoes and understand the same so so something that I think a lot about is like as a woman because I I'm kind of rambling a little bit but I think there's something very special like the love that like my fiance gives me right this this trust this openness like this youthful innocence whatever you want to call it it it's really really attractive to me and it's like for me it makes me feel like a a protector like a king it's like I want to I have this like little flower in my hands and I just want to like protect it from everything from the world. Like you don't, don't mess with my baby. Right. Like, <laughs> and that's for me too. When I, when I want to be selfish or, you know, when I do something that hurts her feelings, I'm like, shit, like I was really, really inconsiderate and it, it hurts me to the core that like, I never want to do that again. So obviously if, if someone has that mindset, right, it's okay to trust them. But like a lot of people don't. So, you know, as a woman, what what's your advice to someone like how do you know someone that's actually worth that love or someone's actually worth that time or that you know how, how do you know that your heart is actually safe to give over to someone i think the first place you need to look is women as a woman is mm -hmm. within yourself because one thing that i came to realize with me, with me is that I need, I need to be this, the safest place for someone to love. I need to be safe to love mm -hmm. because if it's not safe for someone to love me, well then how can I show up in love and love them and in the way that I need to. So I think that that's really important to look at first and foremost. Like, it's, it's the same question I ask women about God. Like, can God trust you as much as you trust him? Because relationships work both ways, not just one. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things out there telling us, you know, trust God, trust God, just just trust him, you know, but can he trust you? Like, I want to love someone, right? I truly want to give them all that I, that I have, but can they love me? 
Like, am I, am I that safe place for them to love as well? So that I think is huge. And the other part of that is how do I, how do we know that that person is worthy, right? Or that, that person is someone who's equally aligned with us to where we can have that authentic, deep love that we want. And I think that that's very individual for everyone. But do your values align? I think your core values need to be in alignment. And then beyond that, do do you guys have the same goals in mind? Like, are you headed, headed in the same direction? Because people want different things. So you need to make sure that you guys at least overall want the same things moving forward. And not that that can't change because sometimes it does, right? But especially I think as you get older, like you said, some women want children. Like if you're at the age where your clock is ticking, so to speak, and you really want to have children, well, you want to make sure that you're focusing on men who want children too, because the more time that we waste entertaining things and people that are in alignment with our goals and our values and what we truly want and what we feel God is calling us to and the desires he's put in our hearts, well then the more time we're going to spend away from walking into that that true, those true desires, that calling and that purpose that we feel in on our lives. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like it's, it's something that you have to kind of answer. And I, I think that's more or less the advice I kind of gave at the end was that, and I, I think, look, I, I definitely think that there are differences in men and women for sure. Um, I think men have strengths and women have strengths. And, you know, I think that, you know, even though we're very different, we're also complementary. I think that like, you know, men and women go together very well because of some of those differences. And, you know, one of the things about women is like most women in general are so emotionally intelligent, like just so much more emotionally evolved than men. Like you're just, you're able to, you know, to see things, you're able to, uh, like, understand other people's motivations better, like, and I think with that, right, like, women have this, like, really powerful intuition, and I don't, I don't think it's always right, you know, like, sometimes it will lead you down a rabbit, rabbit hole, just, just like men's thinking will sometimes lead us in a wrong direction, but, you know, I think that intuition is there for a reason. And it's like, if you're having a lot of doubts about a man or a partner, I feel like that's probably a good indicator that something is wrong. Like if, if you truly just thought everything was okay and you didn't even, you wouldn't need to ask the question in the first place. Right. So, I mean, do you, do you offer that guidance a little bit as well, as far as just kind of listen to your, to your gut instincts a little bit? 
Yeah, I love that that you touched on that. Yes, I do. I, I often talk about that. Um, and, and also share with women to, to be cautious of it too, because right. our feelings will lie to us a lot. So we can't trust everything that we feel, right? But like you said, if, if there's something that is consistently coming up and you're you're consistently feeling like something is off or something isn't right, well then, if there's a pattern of that showing up, I, I would pose the question of, is that something in you that you need to work on more or heal or is it something mm. in him? Yeah. So always trying to ask those questions from a, um, an objective point of view as much as you possibly can, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, um, <clears throat> that's something I talk a lot about with stoicism too, is that, you know, not to tune out those emotions or those feelings. Cause I, I think they are there for a reason. Um, but to use them as kind of guides to, to work inward a little mm -hmm. bit. Like, you know, when, when you have anger at someone for something that they did, or you think they did not, not just to try to suppress that and say, well, I'm going to be stoic and not feel anger, but to ask yourself more like, why am I feeling this anger? You know, if, if you're feeling unsure about someone, is it because of, you know, your own insecurity or is it because, you know, you're in, you're sensing that maybe they're not as committed to you as you are to them or, um, something along those lines. And it's, it's, I guess, learning to kind of probe those without allowing the emotions to take you over. But, yes. um, it is, I think, important to listen to those feelings. And when you don't listen to those feelings, and this is, you know, probably more of an advice for men in general, like it, it leads to a lot of issues. Like you, you become very cold, you, you lose a lot of connection. Um, and, you know, maybe for women more so, it's, you know, about learning to feel those emotions and kind of use the logical side and probe them a little bit more to try to find answers through those, right? So definitely, um, that maybe that's the, you know, kind of like that masculine and feminine balance a bit. But um, one more thing I wanted to ask you to... Um, obviously, I know you, you talk a lot about um, your relationship with God and the Bible. Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on, you know, kind of like the personal benefits of using, you know, classical wisdom, classical knowledge, um, you know, and spirituality? Like what, what benefits do you think that, that brings us as human beings? I think that the benefit of spiritual wisdom truly gives us balance and harmony in life. Mm -hmm. Because like we had talked about with, with the chaos, you know, if you don't have 
a general idea of what your identity and your purpose is, you're just going to be floating around in chaos from one chaotic situation or relationship to the next. So I think spiritual wisdom is a huge basis of, of the, the foundation that we need to grow from. And I personally believe that our relationship with God and partnering with him in that growth is, is the key because that higher power, knowing that we have someone who is sovereign and above our own knowledge and our own situation and circumstances gives us hope, right? It gives us hope and it gives us something to depend on and lean on that that's faithful and consistent in our lives when so much of everything else isn't. And the word tells us if we ask for wisdom, that he freely gives it to us without finding fault. I mean, that, that means it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made, how broken you are, how much of a sinner you are, that without fault, without looking into all of your transgressions, he, if you come and ask him for wisdom, he will freely give it to you because that's what a gracious, giving, loving God he is. I, I like that too. And, um, you know, I, I, I agree too, that I think wisdom comes for the people that are humble enough to seek it, to realize that they don't have all the answers to realize that maybe there's something beyond us, but also, you know, someone just curious enough to, to be willing to, to look and to search. Um, and I, I think that that is, I think that that is the spirit of like philosophy, for example, right? Is they, there's an old quote by Socrates that says the spirit of philosophy begins in wonder. Mm. And it's just that idea that you, you look around at this universe, you look up at the stars, you look at the things around us and you kind of realize how much of just this little speck of dust you are in the grand scheme of things. And it, it causes you to kind of look beyond yourself, right? Like beyond just, Obviously, a lot of answers we find by looking within, and there there is value to that. But sometimes, just coming outside of yourself and realizing how small we are, and puts puts everything into perspective where we're kind of open to wisdom and to learning again. So, yeah, I love that answer. Um, so now I wanted to move into uh, some of the some of the questions I like to ask all the guests, um, just kind of about your background, some of your habits, some of the things you do. Um, the first one I wanted to ask was, do you, do you have any like daily habits that you like to run through, you know, a couple of habits that you feel are really important to your, to your daily life? Yeah. And I, I think habits are huge. That's something that I work with women a lot on because if we don't have, mm -hmm. um, healthy habits consistently daily in our lives, then 
Yeah. We struggle a lot with more chaos, right? <laughs> more distractions. So one habit I've gotten into is making sure I do my best to get to sleep and wake up at the same time every day. Um, that's a big one for me. Um, diet, exercise, those are huge. Do you, you know, I think having a, a healthy, a healthy diet, whatever that looks like for you, that's different for everybody. I know because everybody's built differently and everybody has different, uh, systems and, and health issues and things like that. But you know, what, what does that look like for you? What does a healthy diet look like for you? And, uh, same with exercise that that's different for everyone as well. I do yoga and I do other exercises like running, hiking, biking, just things that I enjoy. I, I love to golf too. So find things that you enjoy doing that get you physically motivated. That's a, mm -hmm. that's an, a really important habit, you know, to have like if it, whether it's a hobby or just something that you do every day, you're disciplined this time every day, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to do yoga or whatever that is. Um, and, and keep, be consistent with that. And the other thing that has really helped me is every day, usually several times throughout the day, I'm identifying distractions <laughs> because there's so many things and, and people that want my time and energy, right? So we really need to be able to prioritize what is getting our time and energy. That has been huge for me, especially throughout my career as a hairstylist and, and now counseling and coaching women and, and being a single mom. I mean, you doesn't leave much room for me not to have structure in my life, right? So if you don't implement those things and prioritize those things, well, um, things can get chaotic pretty quickly. <laughs> so, sure. so that those are the things that I focus on mostly. Awesome. And what about um, <clears throat> what about books? Do you have do you have like two book recommendations? If you would recommend, you know, two two books to anybody? Yeah, um, I would say the the two number one books I would recommend uh, are the Bible. I think that I can't stress that enough. I think there's so much wisdom in that. There's so much wisdom in opening the Bible. It's, it's plenty of books in there to read that are going to give you pretty much all the instruction that you need to um, live a healthy, stable, balanced life, spiritually, mentally. And the, the other book I would highly recommend is called Visioneering by Andy Stanley. And there's one other book that is called Mending the Soul. I cannot think of the author of that book right now. 
Yeah. But it's uh, mending mending the soul is an excellent book for women who have struggled with abuse and past trauma. So I highly recommend that one as well. Okay, great. And I'll I will uh, I don't know the author, uh, but I will look that up and I'll I'll put it in the video description and stuff too, and I'll I'll link it awesome. out. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I will I will make sure that's in there. Um. What about uh, do you do you have any personal heroes or you know if not heroes anybody that you you know really look up to anything like that? Yeah, I I I would say my two personal heroes in life are Jesus Christ, what He's done for us. Um, he will always be my hero eternally. For that, um, and then. My other heroes would be my children. I don't think that okay. I don't think I would be where I'm at today without them. So I, I love that Fam family keeps coming up in the in the hero answer, and it's funny because when I first dreamt up this question, I anticipated like you know people would be like, oh you know, I've really looked up to Steve Jobs or like what, and, but I, I keep getting like, you know, my, my dad, my mom, my kids. Um, it's fun. It just, it's interesting to see, right. That the people that we look at as heroes are not these idols. They're, mm -hmm. they're just, you know, people that are, you know, in our family or they're people that are very close to us. I, I love that. I keep seeing that. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so the the next one I'll ask is, you know, most people who, I think basically everyone at this point has gone through this, right? Everyone has some sort of major setback or failure or life-changing event that they go through and it causes them to look at themselves and change and kind of re-examine and, you know, they, they owe the person that they are today to that experience. And the reason I ask this question a lot is because I think when we are in the midst of a major trial or a setback or a failure, sometimes it's overwhelming and we get focused on kind of the pain that we're in. And it's, it's hard to anticipate that, you know, maybe five years from now, we're going to look back on this moment and think mm -hmm. to ourselves how grateful we are that we went through that because it, it led us to the person that we are. So I like to highlight, you know, a moment from everyone's life. So, do you, do you have any moments uh, that you look back on your life that was, you know, maybe a traumatic event or something very difficult or a failure, but that you now owe to a large degree the person that you are today? Yeah, you know, this question I thought about a lot. And mm -hmm. of course, there have been a series of setbacks in my life, as we all have. Um that hopefully push us forward, right? Into just looking at life differently um, and appreciating it differently and something that we've taken away from it, right? So I would say one defining setback for me would, would have been in my last divorce. Um, and having a moment right 
following our, right after our separation, following our separation where I had never felt so alone. And this was during COVID, the, the pandemic, right? We were just kind of moving out of it. So this was about December of 2020. And I actually had a really dear friend who was like a sister to me of over 12, 13 years that had taken her life that same month. Actually, the same week I was going through what I was going through and, and hospitalized. So it was interesting to have experienced all of that, you know, during that time, realizing how how many people were suffering at that time as well. And so I think a lot of people were probably feeling that same way, just very isolated and alone for many different reasons. And of course, for me at that time, I was separated and going through a divorce. So I came to a point where I, I was in the hospital and I knew that I have an autoimmune condition. So that was ultimately the stress and everything is what led to this hospitalization. Mm-hmm. And I finally realized in that, that space of feeling so isolated and alone and that, that deep pain, that like sense of, like that was a rock bottom moment for me yeah. where I just thought, you know, well, well what, <laughs> what do you do from the bottom? Right. You can only, you can only go up from there. So yeah. yeah, I think that was a very defining setback for me where I allowed, I had allowed everything that I had just been through in, in that marriage to, overtake me and when I I didn't realize it was happening until I was there and I think a lot of people experience that they don't realize that what's actually happening until they hit bottom and then they're like how did I get here you know so yeah that was that was a wake-up call for me to um to just be more aware be more aware of where you're at in life. Don't don't feel ashamed or embarrassed or afraid to call out what it is, you know, that you need help with. After that, I I said, "Okay, I need help." You know, I need to to see a counselor. I need to see somebody that can help me move through this. So, I think that's always the next step, you know, where, where can I look for support, um, to get yourself involved in a, in a healthy support group with other people who have experienced, you know, other women, I tell women get, you know, other women who are going through what you're going through. Um, so that way you can be, you can have that related community to help you move through that and not feel so alone 
and then get really, it's so important to surround yourself with safe people because you don't mm -hmm. want to allow toxic or unhealthy people in, in your life uh, or, or even entertain anything that, that can be uh, problematic for, for your healing and in that, especially in that space. So surround yourself with safe people and get one-on-one -on -one help as well. Yeah. And I, I think that that's the, that's the thing I always go back to is that, you know, we, we all have these moments, the, you know, the rock bottoms, obviously rock bottoms are different for different people in different situations. You know, some, for one person, it could be a drug addiction, you know, for another person, it's a divorce for another person it could be getting fired from a job. But, um, I think that, that, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in there and, you know, I'm more of like an individualist. I, I kind of isolated, you know, kind of like a lone wolf, so to speak. So a lot of times I don't, I don't reach out to people. I kind of like, I dig within when I hit those moments and I kind of look within, but, um, not everyone is constituted the same way. And I think it is important to identify that, you know, maybe my way of saying, oh, well, you need to like kind of move into the pain and look at it and do that work. I mean, some, sometimes you hit such a rock bottom that you're not going to be able to do it on yourself. Right. And at that point you either, you know, you either give up or, um, you look to someone else. So I think that's important to note for sure too, is that, you know, if you, if you really feel overwhelmed, if you feel that you don't have the energy or the ability to kind of navigate through that rock bottom on your own, it is important to swallow the pride enough to be able to reach out to someone and say, I, I need some help. Too. Yeah. I, I think that's a really, really good thing to point out for someone that's going through something very, very difficult in life for sure. Um, and all right, the last question I want to, want to ask, um, this is the one that, you know, sometimes stumps people a little bit, but you know, if you could go back in time, however many years ago, um, you know, typically I say like, go back to your teenage years, just because I think as teens, a lot of times we're struggling with a lack of, you know, self-identity and maybe what to do with life and things like that. Um, it's a particularly chaotic and crazy time, you know, our minds aren't really fully developed yet. <laughs> if you could go back to a teenage version of yourself and give yourself some advice, um, what, what would it be? I would tell her you are so loved and so valuable. And to not allow yourself to be in a situation or with anyone who treats you any differently than that. Mm. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> So, so many of us, so many people don't, don't realize their potential, don't realize their value and their worth as human beings. Um, and I'm sure that leads to a lot of the stuff that you see too. If, if you don't see your own value, it's hard to kind of 
if you don't respect yourself and see your own value, it's hard to hold someone else to the standard that they need to respect you and treat you a certain way. I think that's a, a, a beautiful message to pass on for sure. So Carrie, um, I had a, a great time speaking with you today. Uh, really enlightening. I, I loved uh, being able to get into like relationships a little bit more and uh, learn a little bit more about the, the female psyche. Um, I will try to take everything I've learned and put it into, you know, my, my relationship as well. Um, do you have any like links or anything that you'd want to share as far as like website or your um, Instagram pages, anything like that for anyone that wanted to look more into your work? Yeah, thank you, Shane. It's been an honor and a pleasure speaking with you as well. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I have a website to my coaching and counseling at promisedcoaching.com. Just www.promisedcoaching.com. Um, I have all of my services and everything uh, available on there for women to look at and you can also find me on Instagram at carrie.christfree <laughs> I always have a hard time remembering that oh no carrie sorry carrie.christfree Okay. And of course, uh, I'm going to link it down in the, the description and stuff too. So, um, well, if anyone's interested in finding out more, I'll, I'll have the link there available to check it out. So great. I also um, have a YouTube channel that you can find me on as well. And that's just at Carrie Naw. So that's my, uh, my custom link there. It's just at K A R I N A U. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Carrie. Uh, had a great time speaking with you today. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Shane. You as well. Thanks for listening to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast, and hopefully you learned at least one lesson on today's episode. Our mission here is to uncover practical wisdom to create a better way of living for our audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us by leaving the show a review on your podcast platform of choice and by giving it a share on social media. This really helps us to grow our audience and to continue to add more episodes. If you are interested in learning more, please check out our website at renaissance-wisdom.com or check out the book that started it all, Renaissance Wisdom, How to Flourish in the Modern Day, now on Amazon. Thank you again, and may wisdom be your guide.